you have your Bible with you, turn that to John chapter 11. Uh, I hope that you have been in a time and have joined us in a time of prayer and fasting. Uh, Many times we get that reversed and we think fasting and prayer, but the most essential part of that is prayer. If we simply are fasting, then that's a diet if we don't include prayer. And so it's important that we do that. I did challenge each one of you, hopefully uh, you have done that, to read at least one chapter of John each day. There are 21 chapters in John and 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have been focused upon that. I hope that you have enjoyed those. I'm thankful for those uh, ministers within our church that have sent those uh, to me that I might be able to share them with you. And Kelly has done some. Donna has done some. Bethany has done uh, some of them. I've done a few of them. So it's been just a blessing to be able to share our hearts with you as we together go through a time of uh, prayer and fasting. Let's turn to John chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, repeat this with me, but for the glory of God. That's important. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Say through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now as you begin to look at the book of John, there's a theme that runs throughout the entire book of John. As a matter of fact, uh, it's the word believe, which in some instances can be translated to faith. You see, faith is important for the believer. Faith is important for the Christian that we understand that there is an issue of faith in our life. And as we look at the stories that John tells in their real life stories, their events that happen in the ministry of Jesus, as we look at them, people react differently in each situation. The people react differently in their faith life. And as you look at it, the crowds, the people, the big amount of people that were around Jesus, they were always fickle. And and I think that we can say that as well. When you're in a group of people, many times they don't know if they're going to believe sometimes or not believe the next time. We look at this, then there's the crowd of the religious believers, the religious, not believers, but leaders. And they never believed because Jesus was a paradigm breaker. What he did, they didn't understand. They didn't like it because it put them out of their place of leadership. 
But then there was a group of disciples. You and I are disciples of the Lord. If we're following Him, if we receive Jesus as our Savior in our hearts and lives, then we are disciples. And, but not only disciples, Jesus has friends. Are you a friend of the Lord? Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they're friends of Jesus. And He loves them. They constantly face situations and circumstances and even turmoil in their life. Uh, and they have to deal with this issue of faith or this challenge of faith. What is John doing in this book? What is he doing in his gospel? He is encouraging us to have faith, but not just faith when it's going good. It's easy to have faith when you're on the mountaintop. It's easy to have faith when all the bills are paid. It's easy to have faith when you have no pains in your body and you're uh, not sick. It's easy to have faith when your children are living for the Lord and everything seems to be going great. That is an easy time of faith. What's John saying? I want to encourage you to have faith even in the difficult times. In the difficult times. And as we begin to digest this word, even the name Lazarus speaks to us from this story. For the name Lazarus means whom God helps. Aren't you glad to know that God is a helper of those who will diligently seek after him? Uh, that God helps us to make it in this life, and he helps us in our challenges of faith. Lazarus really is a picture of us. God wants to help us. God wants for us to be successful, and God loves us. Now, can I tell you that sometimes when God helps us, it looks different than we would desire. Sometimes when God shows us that he loves us, we would rather that he not have showed us that way. But he always does things for our benefit that we might believe upon him and grow in maturity in this life. So sometimes he has a strange way of showing his love and his goodness to us. Why didn't Jesus pick up everything and run to Bethany? By all human standards, he loved these people but yet he stayed two more days. What a strange way of showing his love to Lazarus, to his family, to his friends. Why didn't he rush? Why didn't he go there? Because it is in our best interest to learn to trust God in everything. He actually is helping us when he allows us to go through those turmoils and trials and situations. He's helping us to grow in our faith and to grow in our love and relationship with Christ. He's helping us to trust him. I mean, you can say you've trusted the Lord now more than you ever did. When you've been through some stuff with somebody, you have a relationship with them. Then you know their character and you know their love. And if they didn't leave you during the hard times, you know they're not going to leave you during the good times. Growing in this relationship with Christ. You see, one of the most powerful things that you can learn in your life is this simple. Jesus loves you. It's very simple. We tell it to our children. We sing it to them, Jesus loves you, 
this I know, right? We tell them that. We, we, we tell them that Jesus loves them, and, but we often forget and we lose that sense of knowing, that revelation that Jesus loves us too. And it never changes. Never changes that he loves us. And notice that Jesus had each one of their names spelled out in this passage. He mentions Mary, he mentions Martha, and he mentions Lazarus. Individually, not just as a whole, Jesus loves us. He loves each and every one of us, but sometimes he uses a strange way from a human standpoint to show us that he loves us. You see, here's the the real deal. Just because you are facing difficult times, trials, tragedies, heartaches, circumstances beyond your control, it does not mean that God has abandoned you or that he has stopped loving you. It is actually through these times that God is demonstrating his love for us and that we are able to grow in our faith. We're never in these times alone, as the song says. Hallelujah. I am not alone. He's with me through all of this. Andre Crouch, who passed away several years ago, I came across his one of his really well-known songs, and I think maybe here it, it is best to, to just rehearse the words of this beloved song. It simply says, I have had many tears and sorrows. I've, I've had questions for tomorrow. There's even been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, look at your neighbor and say, every situation. God gave me blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. Now here are the key words. Through it all. Through it all. I have learned to trust in Jesus. Yes, I have learned to trust in God through it all. Look at your neighbor and say, through it all. Through it all, I have learned to depend upon his word. You see, sometimes you have to go through it in order to understand how much he loves you Sometimes you have to go through it in order to grow in your faith and for God to reveal himself in a greater way. And we don't like to go through it. We like to bypass. Look at every large city in our great nation here, and every one of them has a bypass around the center lane, the thing that goes right down the middle of that city. Why? Because we're impatient, and we don't want to suffer And we want to go around that and we want to bypass it. But many of the things that we will learn in this life only come as we go, say it with me, through it. Through it. You see, you glorify God in what you go through. You glorify Him. And that's what this passage is about. That's one of the things that I had you repeat with me is that this situation occurred for the glory of God. For his glory. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Now, neighbor, look at him and say, it ain't about you either. You see, it's for the glory of God that what we go through, we glorify God in that. 
But I want to show you that God is helping Lazarus. He's helping his family. He's helping his own disciples, Jesus is. First, to develop in their faith, to learn to trust him through every situation, and to come to know him better and more intimately in this relationship. And yes, later on, and we're not going to get there today, he will relieve their sadness and their broken heart. But one of the most important things that you can learn is that it's never too late for God. Never. You see, it appears that Jesus has denied them to come and to take care of the situation with Lazarus. But he has not. For delay in the kingdom of God is not necessarily denial. You can trust the Lord. Never lose hope. No situation is too great or too terrible for the Lord. And even though your situation may look impossible, even though it may appear to be too late, you can never, never look at your neighbor and say, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. For God's timing is perfect. We don't think it at the time, but it is perfect. And what it does is it, it makes sure that he receives the glory and nobody else. You see, it was too late for man. Lazarus was dead. He was in the grave, not just one day, but four days. Martha said, by now he stinks. There's no hope is what she was saying. It's too late, Lord. If you had come before, I know that you could have uh, raised him from this sickness, but now it's too late. That's what she said. But it's not. Look at your neighbor and say, it's never too late with the Lord. God's timing is perfect. And even gravesides can become a place of hope in the kingdom of God. The very death of Jesus Christ, as the ladies go to the tomb to anoint his body with a burial anointment oil, and they get there and the angel says, he is not here for he has risen. For you see, there's never a place of no hope in the kingdom of God. Don't lose hope. A graveside, even a graveside can become a place of hope. You see, God is helping the people in this situation to give him glory. Did you know that's the purpose of your life? Is to give God glory. The purpose of your life is not to have a brand new car and a brand new house and all the money in the world. And the purpose of your life is to not just have everything go your way. The purpose of your life, hear me, is that God would get the glory. That's the purpose of your life. Isaiah 43, 7 tells us that God created us for his glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 instructs us that we are to do everything for the glory of God. The very purpose of your life is to give God the glory. We were created and we have significance and meaning because we give the glory to God. If you want to have significance and meaning in your life, honor God. Give Him the glory. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Have a relationship with Him. 
that grows. You see, we were created to give Him the glory. And the only way we give Him the glory is to recognize Him for who He is. He is not a Santa Claus in the sky. Does He do good things? Absolutely. But He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He reigns on high. All of heaven surrounds the throne where the Lamb of God sits on the throne and they all sing out glory, glory, glory. Holy is the Lord and worthy to be praised. We give honor and glory to Him. Isaiah said, I see the Lord high and lifted up and the train of His robe fills the temple. We were made to give glory to God. What a powerful thought. You must recognize Him for who you are. You must be obedient. We give glory to God by obeying and producing spiritual fruit. We give glory to God when we give generously. You know a pastor can't bypass that. We give glory to God when we suffer for His name. You might have been on board till then. You can suffer and give God the glory. That's what it's all about, amen? Then the final way that we can give glory to God is the way that we approach death. In John 21, Jesus tells Peter, if you follow me and you, and you are going to, then you are also going to face the cross. And in that, you will give God the glory and the kingdom of God will be exalted. Paul said, I hope to glorify God in my body, whether I live or whether I die. You see, we can show God glory in the way that we approach death. For to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You see, the disciples had a different thought about how to give God glory. It wasn't about, oh, I've got the biggest church. It wasn't about, uh, you know, I've, I've got this ministry going on and that ministry going on. No, it was about giving God the glory, even if it required suffering or death. What a powerful thought. It is a privilege, they said, to suffer or die for Christ. Wow. Peter did die by crucifixion. But he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my master so hang me upside down and crucify me upside down so that God gets the glory see Lazarus death as we look at this it was a a picture of what Christ has done for us now, now I want to say this right now Lazarus is still in the grave in the tomb so you got good reason to come back next week when we talk about when he comes up out of that grave. Amen. <laughs> There's hope because Jesus will come to the graveside. But Lazarus' death and his resurrection is a picture of what Christ has done for us. Well, the Bible says we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. Far from God. But because Christ has been raised from the dead, we also shall be raised from the dead. He has given us new life. He has forgiven us of our sins. We are no longer dead in our trespasses and sin, but we are alive in Christ Jesus. Alive. 
for the purpose and the design to give him all of the glory. Now, does this mean we never have good things happen to us? No. What it means is that everything that happens, everything we go through, everything we do is designed for the glory of God. Oh, that he may receive all of the glory, that he might get all of the honor. You see, that word glory means heavy in weight. And when we give God glory, we're assigning weightiness or honor to his name. He's worthy. He's worthy of all of your praise. He's worthy of you living your life for him. He's worthy of even suffering and dying for him or being having uh, great miracles in your life. He's worthy of every situation that you face. You were made for the glory of God. There's no greater evidence than the testimony of a life that has been transformed by the saving, miracle-working power of God. No greater evidence than a sinner who was dead, a dead man walking, maybe addicted, maybe uh, an addict, maybe a drunk, maybe uh, uh, someone who cheats on his wife. No matter what that is, the greatest uh, glory goes to God when that person's life is transformed. Gives him all the glory and all the honor. You see, and that's our privilege to live for the Lord. It's our privilege to live for Him and to call people and to witness to them. It's not a task. It's a privilege to tell people about Jesus. So the question for us today is simply, are you living for the glory of God? Are you, are you living for Him? Are you living for the glory of God? Tomorrow when you get up, before you think about what your tasks are, before you think about where you've got to go, even before you think about work or before you think about breakfast, if you're not fasting it, think, am I going to give God the glory today? That's what we were designed for. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, You've never asked him to come into your life. You've never repented of your sins. And I hate to tell you that you have a purposeless and meaningless life. For all of us were created for his glory. Every last one of us. And today, if you're here and you don't know him and you can give your life to him, and then you'll be transformed and your life will take on new meaning to give God all of the glory.